Blog Talk Radio.
In the name of Amen, the Supreme, the All-Powerful, the one and only true Lord, and Amen we trust as the Republican intellect, the real 144,000 that's being gathered in this day and time, the mentalists, the Amen race, the bright race. Good evening. I'm your host, the intellectual Newman Mankare. This is Mentelect Radio. And tonight we're going to be discussing my journey into brightness and illumination. You know, it's been a long time coming. I talked a little bit about my past, you know. Um, but, you know, I didn't go into a lot of detail about how I came to be doing what I'm doing, to realize who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing, what my true purpose is. I had to go through steps. I had to go through steps. I had to go through um, structures, orders, things like that. I had to go through certain things. I had to see certain things in order to arrive at where I'm at. I've seen a lot of dark days, and I've seen a lot of light days, days filled with darkness and days filled with light. I've seen seen them all in my uh, 50 years. And in seeing these things and realizing, you know, what this is all sum up to, because I'm always looking for everything to have a point to it. You're always supposed to question your life and what point is this to your life? What point does your life have? What point does your life have? Because your life had, because I was not going to embark on anything, you know, even when I was getting these strong uh, receptions at the age of 32. When I was still around Dr. York and them, and I said I wasn't going to entertain anything, any thoughts that were in my head, unless there was a true purpose for it. Because, you know, at a certain point when I was with um, Dr. York and them, the Wapians, you know, I felt that that whole setup, no disrespect to nobody, I, I felt the whole setup was useless. I felt the whole setup was useless. My um, time with that movement had come to an end because I didn't see what the point was. I didn't see what the point was. And, again, this is no no, no um, bad, you know, sight on Dr. York or, or his followers, the people that's with him, but I didn't see the point of it. You see, I didn't see the point of it all, you know, acting like we Egyptians, acting like we Masons, acting like we this, acting like we that. And, you know, it's just the same recycled thing. I was like, when I was with, you know, I tried to get down with the nation, you know, asking for acting like Minister Farrakhan. And it just all summed up into one thing that people were acting. People weren't really um, being real about who they are. You know, when I look at pictures of the community, the Republican intellect, you know what I see? When I see all of you, those of you who are in the community, you know what I see? I see reality. I see realness. I see people with flaws, imperfections. People are trying to perfect themselves. I see people who are works in progress. I see people who have good intentions. You see, but just make a lot of bad, made a lot of bad decisions. I see all of that. You see, that was that was missing in a lot of those other movements that I walked with briefly some a little longer than others, that everybody was playing a character. Everybody was playing a character. You see, nobody was being who they were. Because the minute you put on a suit 
with onks on them and, you know, or the minute you put on a suit and a bow tie and you're trying to put on somebody else's religion or somebody else's philosophy and you, this is not genuinely coming from you or people that look like you or you're trying to put on the past. You're trying to put on Egypt, you know, Egyptian gear, onks and all this other stuff and wearing these crystals and then some of these people, you know, take on these fake names, these, you know, handles, these copies and whatnot, you know, just to be on YouTube and teaching and they have these different names, uh, Hotep, Unk, El, Elo or whatever the case. I'm like, what is ours? What is ours? I'm like, is this what my life came to be? Is is my life about coming here and trying to be somebody else, trying to fit within the character of somebody else, trying to talk like somebody else, act like somebody else, or do I want to find out who I am? What is my purpose? What am I here for? And thus gather the same people who are like-minded, trailblazers, future seekers, the future seekers, the ones who are looking to develop themselves. They're not looking to play the characters of people like you Israelites. Y'all want to play the characters of people in the, of, of the characters in the Bible. You want to play out the characters in the Bible. That's why you guys come around talking about, oh, you the reincarnation of John, or you the reincarnation of Paul, or you the reincarnation of Saul, or whoever the hell, some character out the Bible. You want to be a character out the Bible. You want to be a copycat of another man. You want to be ancient people in modern day time. And that's not what we're here for. You see, this is what, you know, I wanted to make sure this community wouldn't be. Because in the beginning when I started off teaching, you know, I was like, you know, the a little bit of the Egyptian stuff, a little bit of the little bit of everything, a little bit of the Egyptian stuff, a little bit of the you know, some now nah, I ain't gonna say the African stuff, a little bit of the Egyptian stuff and whatever was coming to mind was coming to me. And like I said, I said I was not going to be like the other two movements. I wasn't going to be like Elijah Muhammad's movement, nor was I going to be like Dr. York's movement, you see, because amongst a lot of those people, I'm not saying all, but amongst a lot of those people, I did not feel a genuineness there. I didn't feel a genuineness. And a genuine behavior, a genuine energy coming from somebody is the ultimate energy that you need in any community to sustain it because if people don't genuinely from the from the soul want to be there and know what the necessity of it is then you're not going to have these people around you for very long people can only ride on other people's personalities because like i said that's what i noticed with a lot of the movements that they were personality driven a lot of those people were there because they're personality driven i still got people coming in my you know on, on a you know once in the blue moon on youtube you know, because they were so enthralled by the image of Dr. Malachi Z. York, who was a very charismatic individual. They're so, like, he was able to capture the minds of a lot of the people. And to this day, people accuse me of copying from him or trying to be like him. And I'm like, nah, not at all. No. Because the very, the very, the very last thing I want, the thing I don't want, is people attracting to this community because of me, because of my personality, because of my persona. I want them attracted to this community because it's a collective body of people who are all searching for the next level to find themselves, who are all in the right direction, on the right path, people who are being themselves, you know, 
unapologetically being themselves and thus finding new levels to become, to be, to raise to. Like I said, I have very, I have a lot of dark days and a lot of light days. But until I discovered that this would be my greatest accomplishment in life, this would be the, you know, the thing of raising my people from the dead, from amongst the dead, giving them a new, a next identity, I should say, next focus, a next direction. That's when my days got brighter. That's when my days got illuminated. That's when I didn't have dark days anymore or light days anymore. No matter so, no matter what I went through, once I figured out that, you know, if you can figure out, like, you know, one thing Dr. Yokes you say, if he said, if you see something that's wrong, if you see something wrong, then it's your job to fix it. If you're the only one that sees it, it's your job to fix it. I knew that this would be wrong for me to try and copy and be like people who are trying to portray something else. I want us to be who we are because there's power in being who we are. There's power in being who you are. I learned that because for the longest time, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I tried to put on character. I tried to get in roles and play the character, you know, trying to be uh, accepted, trying to be uh, um you know, trying to be down, whatever you want to say, accepted by my peers. I did that. And, you know, I did it for a long time until I seen my peers were going nowhere. My peers were going nowhere. The people I looked up to, the people I was trying to emulate, the people I was trying to be like, they were going nowhere. You see, they were doing nothing with their lives. And it made me question what I've been looking up to all these years, the people, who, who have I been hanging around? Was this all a waste of my time? Obviously it was because I expected more out of them than they expected out of themselves because I held them in high esteem. But what that lets me know is I held the wrong people in high esteem. That greater illumination, that brightness that uncovers everything in the darkness and in the light, right, to let you know the essence of a people, whether they have a true essence or whether they have an empty foundation that they stand on, a spiritual one. And I learned that they were empty. These people were empty. These people who I looked up to, these people who were my peers, they were empty. And that was a, f a flash of brightness, a flash of illumination. I looked up to all kinds of people and whatnot, you know, that I looked at, I look back at now. And I was like, why did I even look up to these people? Why? Why did I look up to these people? Because when you're in stages of darkness and light, you can't see everything in darkness and light. When you are in darkness and light, you can't see everything in darkness and light. It takes you to move to that greater stage of brightness, to that greater stage of illumination. You see that a lot of these people are just not even worse they're not even worth the conversation, much less worth trying to emulate or be like these people. And I became ashamed. I became ashamed because I had great attributes. I had great character. I should say great persona. Not say character, but great persona. You know, I was a genuine person. You know, and I still am. 
And that in itself led to me or led to my acknowledgement of a brighter and illuminated state of being. When you get comfortable in your own shoes or in your own body and your own, you know, in your own space, when you get comfortable, when you can get comfortable and be yourself, you're on a great path. You're on that brighter path, you know, when you are able to do that. See, I knew that these people that I looked to, you know, I knew that, you know, over time that, you know, I figured, you know, they didn't want to come around me anymore because of this journey I was going into. And I didn't even know I was on the journey. I was just walking. And I came across Mentelec. And I came across Almond. And I came across all these things that were meant for me to come across. You see, and it made me remember the mindset I had when I was a child. I always wanted to be great for something. I wanted to be great for something. I had the desire to be great, to be great at something, not for egotistical purposes, no, not for egotistical purposes, but for illuminated ones, for illuminated purposes. Because I know if I became great, then the people who are also meant to become great will be inspired by my greatness. And thus the chain of illumination begins. The chain of brightness begins. This is why I wanted to extend myself beyond those philosophies, beyond those beliefs, beyond those those fake cultures that so-called black people are adopting, and unfortunately people like the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, Dr. York adopted, the Islam and the Egyptology and all these earthbound things. I didn't want the earthbound. I didn't want the earthbound, and I sure didn't want the spiritual or the spooky. I didn't want the metaphysical. I wanted the mind, and I asked with all sincerity, I asked the ascendants, you know, before I knew that's what they were, I asked them, deliver me clarity on my path and what I was supposed to do and how was my movement supposed to look? How was this movement supposed to look? And the answer came back, it's intellect. Didn't know what intellect was, never heard of it. First time I mentioned it. So that was the name of the teaching. That was the name of the teaching the transmission, and the people who came along would be mentalists. Like I said before that, though, we were the state of mind, right? Then we were the, then we were the house of mentel, you know, the state of mentel, you know, the, 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 you know, the state of mind, the state of mentel. We was all these things before we became the Republic of Mentalite. We were all these things. And I'm thankful that we were because we got a chance to grow from these things. You know, in that stage of brightness and illumination, I learned every all black people are not all kinfolk ain't skinfolk, all skinfolk ain't kinfolk. Black people are not my people. You see, because I was like, when I said, oh, mental like for black people, I made myself gasp. I was like, what am I saying? But it was right for me to say that. It was right. Because for me to give a powerful transmission like that and try to give it to people who are lost is like just losing everything, even your mind, gives something to people who do not consider, who will never stop to consider because it's not in them to. I realize this is a thing of the selected. 
the chosen. That's what I realized is that. And then my um my um I wanna say my low lightened because I kept thinking to myself, Well, how am I gonna reach black people? How am I gonna in the beginning, in the beginning, how am I gonna reach black people? How am I gonna reach my people, my black people? And the answer was you're not. Because we used to have classes packed with black people when we was on the black scene. We used to have classes packed with black people. And it was a good time. We, you know, had black people in it. But it never amounted to nothing. It never amounted to nothing. Because with all the people that sitting in the chairs, sitting in the class and all that, not one of them decided to walk with me. Not one of them. But they weren't meant to at the same time. They weren't meant to, just like I wasn't meant to engage in their time. Because I've said to you before, everybody has a time frame here. From the time you're born to the time you die, how you're going to live, what, type, what place you're going to all of that is a time, is on a timeline. And I wanted to find out what was ahead in my timeline. What was I supposed to follow? What was I supposed to focus on? And became intellect. Became intellect. Easily. All the illumination, all the brightness started to make its way toward me. All the souls of our people, past, present, started to make their way toward me. It's pure illumination. It's pure brightness. It's pure souls. Making myself that which I've longed to be, which was a pure soul. I wanted purity in my life. I wanted pure reality in my life. With the people I dealt with, women I dealt with, the children I have, I wanted to be pure reality. People who are being totally themselves and real. Even if it's a bad representation of yourself. That's fine. That's fine if it's honest, if it's real. Because we can always correct that down the road. Y'all follow what I'm saying? My path of illumination and brightness became a path of sacrifice more than, you know, the gaining of things, the giving away of things. You see? The giving away of things. And when I looked at people, like I said, the more and more I looked at people, I was able to look at them and see the value of people, certain people, and see the uselessness of people. You see? And as quick as I started to size people up and size up things, you know, just situations and whatnot, I started to avoid certain things things I probably would have reacted to, I avoided because in this bright stage of illumination, what was coming to me was to walk through this life, you know, firm and strong, but also like you walking through a field full of landmines. What do I mean by that? Walk through this life as though you're walking through a field of landmines, but still walk strong and firm. In other words, realize that we are in a dangerous place a disconnected place, an animal space, 
in the animal kingdom. We are amongst animals. So we must always walk with strength and firmness, being ready to handle what we got to handle if we got to handle it. And, and that we separate ourselves. That we separate ourselves. That we don't allow any of that energy to get on us. Because their energy is not positive or negative. It's just useless. Useless energy for nothing. People who sit around turn up get mad for nothing. People who put energy into nothing. Because they can't help themselves. Because they can't help themselves. You see, we're better than that in that we can and will control ourselves. I wanted to have a bunch of people with me who knew how to control themselves, who knew how to turn on and turn off, who knew how to turn up and turn down, who knew how to conduct themselves, conduct as in electricity, power to power, conductor, conduct yourselves. Because true power doesn't play and true power knows how to conduct itself. I had to find that out in my path of illumination because I always looked up to, you know, people, you know, Caucasian people who were wealthy. You know, I've seen, because we just, we've seen growing up on TV, Caucasian people that were wealthy and had a family, like I talked about Dallas. I talked about these old suburbs like Falcon Crest and Dallas and Dynasty. I grew up on that stuff. I grew up watching that stuff. And I wanted us to be the bronze version of that. You see, not trying to emulate them, but I'm talking about in as far as family and wealth and accomplishments and people working together and building something. I wasn't attracted to no good times and all this other stuff about people in the project. Now I'm like, nigga, I live in the project. I don't want to see no, no people, no niggas in the project. I already seen that already. I see it every day. If I really want an escape, I'll watch the other stuff, you know, if I want the escape. Because ever so often, we need the escape. We need the mental escape from all the darkness and the things in life in order to embolden ourselves in pure brightness. In order to embolden ourselves in pure brightness, we need that. We need that spark of illumination. We need to know why we are here what we're here for, what we showed up for. Because trust and know, we showed up. We showed up purposely. We showed up to either ascend or descend. We either show because you got some people here who showed up on the earth, their job is to basically be the end of somebody's bloodline. A lot of these people that showed up on earth, they're just here to be the end of somebody's bloodline who the army don't want to continue. And so you see them dying in the streets and stuff like that. That's the end of a bloodline that nobody wants to continue. You see, that's what that is. And that's where, you know, we're trying to bypass. We're trying to bypass that because we have a greater goal to accomplish. We have a greater goal to accomplish. We have a greater feat to accomplish. And if we are not accomplishing that, if we are not going toward that, then we lose everything in this transliteration and in this transformation. We lose everything. My journey into brightness and illumination told me that I would 
teach her people something that was never taught before. Teach her people, teach my people knowledge that was never taught before. You know, I went in saying, I said, I was not going to regurgitate anything from Dr. York, from Elijah Muhammad, from the metaphysicians, from a Dr. Phil Valentine, Leonard Jeff. I'm not regurgitating. I'm not a regurgitative guy. And you can't build a real community on regurgitations. So I wanted to make sure all of my transmissions was fresh and ready for reception. Fresh and ready for reception. And they have been. They have been. A lot of people's ears were versions to the things I was saying. They had virgin ears. You see? They had virgin ears, so they didn't know how to listen to and get the clarity and the pureness of this transmission known as mental. Like, why? Because they've been mind effed. I don't want to use the whole word mind effed by these corporations so much that it's useless talking to them because their mind's on the same nonsense. Okay? Their mind's on the same nonsense. They claim it's not, but it is. You know? Because how you live your life, the mindset that you carry in your everyday life denotes whether you are on that journey toward brightness and that path of power, or you on the journey going backwards. I know personally, a lot of people are on that journey going backwards, and it is what it is. However, we are not. We are not. I was given the privilege in this illumination by way of our ascendance, the almond, to have something for our people that would truly be ours. I knew that upon walking this journey and this path, that I knew that our people, in order to be those trailblazers, those future people of tomorrow, we had to have something that was our own, something that was going to redefine us, redefine our children, redefine our race. And, you know, I was foolish and naive enough to think, oh, all blacks are going to embrace this. They're going to love this. Blacks are going to love, love, love them some intellect. Until I figured out that, no, they don't love intellect. They don't love this. They see no benefit to this. They see no benefit. And you know what? They ain't supposed to. That's what I found out through this illumination, that this message is not for the black. It is not for the white. It is not for the gray. It's for the bright. For the bright. we making ourselves more and more known through these transmissions, through the broadcast, through the transmission, through the classes in the town, everything. And we're going to about to, we're about to up, the, up the ante in a minute. We're about to up the ante. Why? Because it's time to do so. It is time to do so. It is time to raise the bar to another level in order to receive that right illumination of power. It is necessary for us to do this. Because if we do not, we will fade to darkness, to blackness, to nowhere, to disappear without a trace. However, 
something is helping us carve our future out in bold lettering. Something is coming to help us carve out our future in bold lettering. Okay? That's the whole point of this. People getting together with real intention. People getting together with real uh, um, sincerity. That's what this is about. Because, again, like I said, you get the strongest power out of people who are real and sincere and want to see us really come up and want to see this community come up. You get the sincerity for them. You don't worry about nobody else. They're not worth worrying about. They're not worth worrying about. We worry only about ourselves and its upcoming evolution. We worry about ourselves. As part of this extension, the solar extension, we worry about ourselves and collective body in the community. That's what we worry about. That's what we put our energy into. All right? That's what we put our energy into. We don't have to be fake and phony no more. We can afford to be ourselves. It was a time when we couldn't afford to be ourselves. So you had to play a character. What was the character you was playing? You was playing the black man, the black woman. You know, you were playing characters. And that eventually had to stop. See, because one thing about people that play roles and play characters, they eventually get tired of playing the role. They get tired of playing the character, and the real them is always going to come out. So I wanted to always end this illumination stage of brightness. I always wanted to take in the real if people were going to come around, I wanted to take in the real energy of those people. And that will tell me what type of person y'all are. You know? To read these people. That's part of that brighter illumination. The ability to read these people and comprehend what you're saying, even if you don't really talk to them. You can look at them in their whole demeanor, their whole their body language, how they stand, just tells you their whole story. Easy to figure out. However, in this journey into brightness and in in illumination, I didn't have time to figure things out. I didn't have time. And uh, in not trying to, in not trying to figure it out, I hurt myself mentally. Because I'm usually not the person that just lets things happen. I'm usually not a person that lets things happen. I try to work them out, you know, beforehand before anything gets out of hand. I work them out. So keep that in mind that this path and this journey into brightness and illumination is a very long and continuous one. I'm on that path. You all are going to be on that path. And how you're going to notice you went from that path from the to, into that path from, you know, the dead path, you can see everything cut off here gradually. You can see it. Right? The people's minds are cutting off. Their energy is going bad. These things already happened to these people. Right? You see their minds going bad. Their intentions are jacked up. Everything is messed up. 
always keep that in mind. Understand that my journey is your journey. Only I didn't have y'all didn't have to go through all the things I went through to Freemasonry and all this other stuff. Y'all, I, I went through that, so I spared y'all, so y'all ain't got to go through that. So I, I guess nowhere if someone was Jesus Christ over I did sacrifice my time listening to a lot of BS in the Bible to eventually recall it. Maybe, you know, you know, keep that in mind. The journey was a journey of realization and just, you know, things revealing itself to me about everything. Those times, those moments where you get so much clarity, Right, when you get so much clarity, where you get a future vision of something, that was that moment of pure clarity for me. That was the moment of pure clarity. That was the moment of pure clarity when I was like, you know what? It's them, then there's them, and then there's me. There's them, and them, and then there's me, or us, and our people, and everybody else still over there. We once we made the split, and when I say that, you can't help but to make the split because. You're already speaking about things that are based on intelligence. You are speaking on these things, so you must speak with authority. You must speak with authority. When those of you who are repeating my words, you must speak with authority, you see, if you're representing this. That's why I said to the guy, Nicholas G. Jackson, you look ridiculous trying to regurgitate intellect. You look ridiculous. You see? Because he thought I was a character and he thought he could just put on my costume and try and be me. But he learning the hard way. This is all these fools are learning the hard way. Like I said, we're not on that path of illumination, that path of brightness. The ones who are not able to hear. You see, that's okay. Because we're going to hear enough for everybody. We're going to hear enough and we're going to do enough. We're going to hear enough and do enough and continue to do so because that's part of the brightness of illumination. So that brightness of illumination, you know, that pure brightness that shines through all of you who are here, you know, it guides you towards something greater. It guides you to, towards something much greater and your image of illumination, once you decide you want to move past a certain point and you no longer want to be associated or be in alignment with the things you want in alignment with, that's when that brightness or that illumination starts to come in. That's when it starts to cut on. When you decide that I no longer want to be a part low-level people and low-level things, things that are of the regular here, you see, things that are regular. And a time like this where family means nothing no more. Your own family. Why? Because they're regular. They are irregulars. In your families, amongst your friends, there are irregulars. Like you have that underwear and you have this shirt and you always get something. You have one that might be irregular. You see, being irregular can be a good thing and somewhat of a bad thing. But being or not being regular, that should always guide you toward that state of greatness or greater. Like I said, that's where all the push me because I sit there and watch programs that based on people doing great things and spending money and doing all this other stuff. I was like, I want to do that. Whatever they do, whatever business they in the oil business, whatever, I want to get in some kind of business where I could do this, that, and the third. 
and I want my people to come with me. You see, I want my people to come with me in this desire for greatness. I want my people to come with me. I don't want to make the journey alone. And I want to. I want them to walk with me. I want my people to walk. I want us all to walk together in greatness. And I want nobody holding no grudges as we're holding hands. Because the very person you may be responsible for the holding hand, make sure they're good. They'll be like, you know, turn on you. Because you didn't see that illumination of brightness and what made these people up. You didn't see that. You didn't see that. I literally had to come out of the cold with everything in my life. I had to come out of the cold. See, because I led I led life for the most part as an outcast. I always knew I was different. I just didn't know why. And I always knew people looked at me as different. I always knew that. And I always felt like an outcast. I always felt strange. Even amongst my family, I felt like an outcast. You know, I, I mean it. I'm talking about my immediate family, my mother, my father, my brothers. I always felt like an outcast. I always felt like I was different than their other children. You see, my thoughts were different. My focus, my drive was different. I didn't. I wasn't driven by the same things my siblings were driven by. I wasn't driven by that. I was driven by a whole different energy. And it began to make itself apparent once I shed away this old skin. Now, like our serpents shed away their own skin. That's what we really do. That's what we do when we are moving in time. When I say we're moving in time, it's like we're shedding skin. Because skin is shed when you are in motion. That's why you have so much the dust that's in the air comes from what? The dust in the air is skin. The dust in the air is skin. The dust in the air is skin from people walking around. Because every time you walk around, people are going to shed skin. Especially our people on some level. Or you'll go in the bathroom when you when you you know need a shower. You're gonna wash that dead skin off. But we're shedding skin, and shedding skin as we do it on a much higher level. Like I said, it's a sign of time being moved, or you're moving in time. Certain people don't shed as much; others shed because we're moving faster. We're moving faster. See, because we're being moved. Or Shaq said we are moving For the point of visiting something Or seeing something Or coming in contact with something And that contact with something greater Is the greater you That's what we must come in contact with That's what we're meant to come in contact That's what we're meant to come in contact with The greater us You see That's what that's meant to be There's a reason why In the word illumination You see the word nation Notice that in the word illumination, you see the word nation. How many of y'all notice that? In the word illumination, you see the word nation. Right? You know why you don't, you know why you see that? Because that signals that a group of people are supposed to be in illumination within a state of fourth dimensional illumination. They're supposed to be and that together, you see. So an illumination would represent a collective of people, a group of people who are empowered by something different 
or empowered by a different other energy. As I said, electricity is coming. Electricity is coming. You see, you know, solar electricity is coming. Why? Because we are becoming greater. So with us becoming greater, the sun's energy and access to this planet come even more greater, more apparent. So we must prepare ourselves as that time is coming. We must prepare ourselves for that time as this place is becoming more and more of a transformation stop, a change stop. You see, that's what this place has become. But you don't realize that unless you are in that brighter stage of illumination. You don't realize that. You see, you'll feel offended if I talk about the humans as a race of animals, which they are. You'll feel offended if I talk about how you so-called black people on their vibration. Y'all ain't worth a damn because y'all are. So what we want to leave behind, we want to leave behind a collective body of righteous people, men and women, our children, a collective body of righteous people. That's what we want to leave behind. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. We want to leave behind the real things, the righteous things, so that our children can see these things. We want to leave behind the real things, the righteous things, so that our children can see this, so that they too can become illuminated by this. When I say this, that's this community, books, everything, this conference we put out, that's everything. We want the illumination on everything, on us, surrounding ourselves with illumination, greater illumination, greater clarity. If you're around somebody and and nothing is expected of you, that person means that they are, and they don't expect nothing, that means that they are okay with the fact that you carry no illumination with you. All men are supposed to carry that illumination, and women are supposed to carry that illumination with them because it's a form of magnetism. Illumination or brightness is supposed to be connected to us like a magnet because we are those bright people. It's part of the eternal flame, the eternal solar projection. That's why we're supposed to be in it all the time. We'll be right back.
know, I um, realized a lot of things early on, too. And then it took time. It was things I learned over time. Things I learned about myself. You know, it's attributes that you find out that you have when you're put in certain situations and certain circumstances. Like I said this before, and I said it again, I meant this. I never had any real aspirations of being a leader of anything. I knew I wanted to be a businessman. I knew I knew I wanted to find my niche somewhere and be a businessman in the future. But if, I never had any real aspirations of leading a community. That wasn't my thought process, you know. But um, how they say, when you're cast into a role or, and you're put into a role, you're either going to perform in that role or you're going to flop in that role. And it just started to come natural to me because I was put in a situation where I had to be a leader. I was put in a situation where I had to be a leader because I looked at a lot of people that were leading and I see that they was leading our people nowhere. And I wasn't going to be the person that followed our people nowhere, followed people nowhere just so I could get, go along and get along. I wasn't going to agree with a whole bunch of black nonsense. I wasn't going to sit up here and act like I was down with this and down for that. And I've seen the flaws in these things. See, my, and just like you all, our greatest asset is our ability to see around corners. Our greatest asset is the ability to see around corners and see down dark alleyways. I'm using that as a euphemism for, you know, being able to see what's coming ahead, what's up ahead. Whereas a lot of leaders, a lot of so-called leaders, conscious people, they sit up and they talk about things in the present because their mind is stuck in the present. Mine's never was. I was always thinking about the future. I was always fortunate enough to have a futuristic mindset. In fact, I always knew I didn't belong in the time I belonged in. I felt as I belonged in the future because the people of my time never really accepted me. The people of my time, my friends and all that, they would say things to me like, you know, and I would, you know, I never really kept friends that long, you know, because I outgrew them. I outgrew all my friends. You see, the few friends I had, I outgrew them because I was always on the search for more. I wanted to find out more about my purpose here and what I'm supposed to do because I always knew I was supposed to do more. Even when I was doing security jobs, doing construction, doing all this stuff I was doing early on in my life, doing these things, I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. You know, and it was it wasn't so much that I loathed the jobs, even though I did loathe the jobs because not so much for the work, but because I knew I was supposed to be doing something else, and I was trying to find out what that something else is, and I, you know, kind of got anxious and things like that. But I knew I was meant to do something else, be something else, be so much more than what I knew I would be settling for, and I had a lot of people trying to get me to settle for being something other than who I was, you see. And, you know, when I started teaching, the way I got up and I just started speaking and carrying myself, I said this before, it's like I did it before. I was able to get up and speak in front of people, large crowds of people, and, you know, and and do what I do like I did it before. Like In other words, like it came natural to me. You see, when you put in certain circumstances, you find out what your strengths are. And that cut on a light bulb to me that cut on 
a brightness to me that was absent in my life because for the longest time I had no direction. I didn't have any direction. I knew I wanted, all I knew was I wanted to be a businessman some kind of way and I wanted to, you know, have money, but not for the, not for the purpose of spending it and, you know, getting a bunch of frivolous things, but to help my people, to help my people, to be the one to help my people and whatnot and do better by our people with that. And that's what I wanted money for, to help. All right. And I always said that if I ever did become rich or wealthy or whatever the case may be, whatever terminology you use, I would use that to help people. So I already knew that made me different from everybody else. Even when I was in the street selling drugs, I was different from all my drug dealer friends. I was different from them. And they would tell me I was different from them. You see, they would always tell me I would always stand out like a sore thumb. You see, they would tell me that, you know. And I was doing something and being something and being a part of something I wasn't supposed to, but I had to go down that path to understand the mindset of a lot of our people, a lot of so-called black people who may be bright underneath but don't know how to unleash that brightness in them and come forward out of that darkness, you see. And, I, you know, what did it for me was that when I seen, you know, a friend of mine get shot, Right, he knows the flesh when he got shot, and you know, me almost losing my freedom, you know, going to jail and almost losing my freedom forever. That was like a lightning rod to me, because I, you know, I'm not going to talk about, it, but I'm, you know, if things would have went the other way, I wouldn't be here talking to you now, or I might have just been coming home from jail, and that's over. That's over. Well over Probably not Probably still been Locked up in jail You see Because You know When you are in darkness You're And I realize this When you're in darkness When you don't know What your true purpose is And I said that For a lot of these guys Who are dealing drugs I realize the mindset That they have now Why they want to be Out in the streets Be hustlers and thugs And gangbangers You see you, When you're in darkness You grasp for anything That may look like Some form of light to you you follow what I'm saying? When you're in darkness, you grasp it for every and anything. You see, light to them is money, prestige, you know, uh, uh, acceptance, being with the crew. That's light to them. That's life to them in their mind. But in all reality, it's death. But when you're in darkness, you grasp them for life when it's really death. You think you grasp them for life when you're in darkness, but the darkness deceives you because you're really grabbing for death. That's what I was doing. I thought I was going to live, live it up, be like a, 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 a uh, just, I was going to sell my drugs and get my money and, you know, and do what I was doing. And, you know, and I, and I had no plan. Man. I was in darkness, man. I was, you know, walking around carrying guns and stuff. I'm like, what am I doing, man? You know, it took me a minute to snap out of that. It took me a minute to snap out of that mindset because I was in darkness. I was in darkness trying to grasp for light. I was in darkness trying to grasp for light, grasping for light, looking for my purpose. You see, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not going to find it here in these streets, right? When I, I got, I got, I was one day, I'm going to share this story, which I can share this story. You know, statute of limitations is over. Uh, one day I was going to buy drugs, you know, to sell you know, by wholesale 
sell retail, buying buying some crack cocaine up in up in uh up in uh hundred and fifty or something street up there in uh and uh with Dominicans be at that I used to buy drugs from Dominicans wholesale and I resell it retail in Brooklyn. One day man, I went up there and I never forget some some kid on the bike, a Dominican kid. I was trying everything was dry up there. The kid rode up on me with a with a on a, a pedal bike. This kid kid could have been no more than maybe like fourteen, fifteen years old. He rode up on me talking to me like, you know, yes, mister this, mister that, mister that and as he's speaking to me He's already went in his bag. He pulled out a shotgun on me, and he and he robbed me. He pulled out a shotgun on me that fast. I'm like a kid is robbing me, right? And he could have shot me, killed me. He had a dead he had a dead shot at me. So I'm like, I'm up here. You know, he, he only got like a couple of thousand dollars. He didn't really get no real money. And I'm like, I'm here, and I'm taking risks like this. For money, I'm taking risks like this for money, and I'm like, I, I, I just, you know. Then the police tried to shake me down a few times up there, you know, stuff like that. Just reminiscing, you know. Police tried to shake me down once, you know what I'm saying? You know, they knew I was. A, I guess they knew I, they saw my face before being a frequent visit up there to, to get drugs. You see, so I'm like. I'm like, and all I could think, when that kid stuck me up, this Dominican kid, you know, he was bronze. He had some bronze, and he had a little wool curly afro. And, you know, he was Dominican. And all I did, when I gave him the money, I just felt sorry for him. I felt more sorry. If I had more money, I gave him $2,000. I felt more sorry for him than, than, than hurt about the money I lost. Because I'm like, this is going to be his life right here nine times. Like He's going to die in these streets. He's going to die on these streets. Cause just as quick as he was, fast as he was to pull it on me, somebody gonna pull it on him, and they gonna and they gonna make it happen. You see. So I was like, you know, I felt more sorry for him, and I'm like, that could be my life, riding around on a damn pedal bike trying to stick up people. You see. I ain't like, hey, take the money. You know, you ain't got, you ain't got to tell me twice. But that's the mindset people living in the darkness, man. That's the mindset. You know, I didn't want to be a part of it. I was getting tired, man. I was getting tired. And I was selling drugs so much, I was like, part of me was glad when I went to jail. I was kind of glad I want, I didn't want to do it no more. But I couldn't break myself from doing it, so I needed to go to jail. And, you know, and I didn't want to go to jail for what I was going for. But anyway, I needed that break. I needed to break away from that. I needed that. You know? I needed to snap back into reality because, see, I, you know, when you guys out here hustling, you selling drugs and you stay on the corner and you, you slinging those, you still do that. You're not dealing with reality, man. You you guys think you're going to make all this money. You're getting all this money. That's all you guys thought y'all was going to keep balling to you for. And then what happened? Reality hit. You guys locked up for 20 years, 30 years. And I wasn't even making money like that to be, you know, sitting up here, you know, I'm throwing, I'm taking risks like that, but it, it it made it, that 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 you know being in jail was like low, that was just like you know real that was like snapped you out of it and a lot of people still they go to jail and they still into it but like I said I'm in jail 
and I start teaching people, start teaching. I don't know where it was coming from. I'll never forget I'm in jail. I'm teaching. I'm holding class. And I'm like, it was the strangest thing. It's in the 90s, late 90s. I start teaching people, and I'm like, what am I teaching people? And I was with Doc, I was with kind of with Dr. York and him at the time. And I'm like, what am I teaching people? I'm like, and it sounds right. Everything I was saying is it's saying, making sense. And it's, I'm like, I'm teaching. I'm like, where is this coming from? It literally happened to me. It started coming to me when I was in jail on Rikers Island, I swear. Rikers Island, 96. Uh, 96 or 97, from out there. Yeah, 96. And all of that started to come to me. I'm teaching people in jail. I'm like, what is, where is this coming from? This ain't Dr. York stuff. And that's where the journey started. I had to be in a place, you know, for that brief time. And it was, it's like the almond, the ascendants put me there to make me look and be like, nigga, you want this to be your life? <laughs> it was like, nigga, you really want this to be your life? I was like, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, I thought I was turning. I was like, I don't. I started looking. I'm like, I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, you niggas are really in a matrix for real. And I'm and I'm like, I'm in a matrix with you niggas. I'm like, I, I, you we you niggas are really in a black matrix in a black in a black hole. And it's like I'm in the matrix with you niggas. I'm like, I'm like feeling, I'm, you know what I felt like? I felt like a color, a character, a, a colored character uh, in a black and white film. That's how I felt through all that shit. I felt like I was a, a, char- a, colored, a, a colored image of a person in a black and white, a bad black and white movie. That's what it felt like when I was locked up with these dumbass niggas. You know, that's what it felt like. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I can't believe this. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I really can't believe this. I'm really here for real, you know. And, and, you know, I put myself there, but like I said, I needed to put myself there. I needed to put myself there, you know. And I'm just walking around, and they all looking at me strange, and they, I'm like looking at these niggas straight. I'm all, they looking at me straight, and I'm just teaching them, and, like, they looking at me. One of them had the nerve to ask me, did I come from another planet? Because all the stuff I was telling them and teaching them and stuff like that, and it, it was, and I, they literally, one of the guys literally said, what planet did I come from? And I was like, huh? I'm like, okay, no, here. I, I kid you not. They really was treating me like I came from another place, another time, another another dimension. They really was. Like nobody, like the Bloods was over here. You had the, the you had the gangs over here. You had, you had the Bloods at that time. You had the five percenters. You had the Muslims, and then you had me. I was by myself, and nobody never bothered me or nothing like that. Nobody never came out their mouth, not for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Because they just like I would. They would all be sitting around me, and I and they would. I would like literally. It it would be literally like Thursday night. Thursday night is class night, and. The Muslims, the five percent, and some of the Nation of Islam people, like one or two guys. I think one guy was the Nation of Islam. One dude was straight Sunni Muslim. They sitting around me, and we holding class, and I'm the teacher, and they ain't teaching. It was started. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be everybody kicking and teaching, stay with they. Said. Pretty soon, I start talking. Next thing you know, I'm teaching the whole class. Ain't nobody saying nothing, and I don't even know what I'm teaching. I don't even know what I'm teaching, but they they listening to me, and they. And they and they giving me 
some sort of respect or something like that is the thugs all giving me respect and whatnot. And I'm just like, I'm teaching them and they just like list all of them. Like, like almost like that was going to be the early Republican mental like in jail. That's what it seemed like. Them niggas like they ready to take their koofies off, take they 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 little they little beads, they little whatever these niggas was into. They was ready to let all that go, you know. And I'm like, uh, what is this? I was like, what is this? Is this some re- reverb from Doctor York? You know, I really didn't know. It felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. You see, and that's when I was like, you know. I was like, this is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I started teaching in jail. And like every and when with it, they would they a lot of times they ain't wanted to be just Thursday. These niggas they wanted to be pretty much every night by my bed at seven o'clock. They all gathering around my bed for class. Like like at the wee hours they like they next thing you know I'm, we talking about I'm talking about the universe and I'm like where where the hell am I getting this from and I'm talking about and it's making sense to them and I'm speaking about time gradually I'm not on the level of what I'm speaking now but I'm speaking about things that was good enough for that time and you know but it wasn't what they heard before and they told me they never heard this before I'm like me neither I'm I'm, I'm with you niggas I ain't heard this before neither I start laughing I'm like. I, they like where where you where you coming from? Where's this coming from? And 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 I I, I couldn't I I told him I honestly told I don't know. I didn't have the ascendance that came later. The ultrasound what that was, but I really told I don't know. You know, I said I, all I said to him. Then I said to the guy, it sound good to you? Did it make sense? They're like, yeah, it make a lot of sense. I said, well, hey, just go with it, man. Don't worry about where it came from because I don't I couldn't tell you. I was being honest, you know. So, you know, then my time came, and they was happy that and these they was these they was happy I went. I was, you know, they was happy I was going home, but they was like in a way mad I was going home because there would be no more class, you know. So, I don't know, but that was um, you know, that was my past. That was my path. And um, after I came home, which I'll get into when we come back, the real path into doing the Republic of Mentelec and, you know, and just being focused on things gradually and letting things go, relationships and everything, and sacrificing for this. We'll be right back.
right, so I'm going to go back to Rikers Island for a minute and my how everything started there, how I started teaching. Let's be real quick about this. You know, I was these niggas was in there on the phone. Somebody said something about the phone and how these niggas try to house the phone and bogart the phone, you know, take over the phone and tell people they can't use the phone and all this. So it was one guy that decided to try and do that with a bunch of people, on, you know, without, in the house I was staying in. And so it was the Spanish there. It was these um, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans in there, black, and some white in there, and some Asian. So they all going back and forth over the phone and ready to fight over the phone and all that. And this, and this kid, tension and telling people they can't get on the phone and all this other stuff. So everybody was like, the, all the thugs and all the so-called people talking about, nobody better not touch the phone. So I got up, and I, it came time for my phone. I got and went and used the phone. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you exactly what I said verbatim. I said, I turned into a I, – I, I, I channeled my racist white man. I channeled some racist white man. I said, you goddamn niggas and spicks. And I called them all kind of – I said, y'all ain't shit. I said, you guys in here trying to act like y'all bad. I said, ain't nobody bad because if you was bad, your asses wouldn't be in jail. I said, trying to – you know, instead of trying to be, you know, I forgot where the rest of So I cursed everybody out, and I took the phone. I got on the phone, and I said, fuck y'all after everything. And I said, whatever after that. And they all was looking at me in amazement. I called them a bunch of dirty niggas and spicks and crackers and everything else. And I just went into a race because I was mad. Because for what I was there for, you know, I was in big trouble, you know, some bad stuff. I did some bad things in the street. You know, but I'm not going to go into that. Oh, I was accused of doing some bad stuff in the street too, you know, whatever, and drug stuff. Oh, that's what but anyway, I did that and I flipped out, and they, them niggas, everybody looked shocked that I would do that, and I ain't care, right? And then they, and I could use the phone, nobody argue with me more. That's when everybody wanted to start learning from me, first, and they was, and they would start, and that's what broke the ice. You know, that's what that really happened. I was like, y'all ain't shit. I said, y'all, and y'all, I said, I said, keep in mind when y'all sitting up here. Remember when I went on the tirade? You know why I went on that tirade when I talked about these guys in jail? Because that's what I really said to these guys when I was in jail with them. And these niggas like killers and all, all kinds of drug dealing killers. And all. I said, y'all ain't shit. I said, because if y'all was in here, I said, nobody running nothing in here. You gonna do what these fucking crackers tell you to do? I said, you gonna go to sleep when they tell you to get your fucking asses in bed? You gonna get up when they tell you to get up and go eat like a bunch of little fucking kids? I said, ain't nobody running shit in here. You see, so let's cut that dumb shit. I said that's what I exactly what I said to them. I'm not capping. I am telling you exactly what I said. After that, I used the phone as much as I want. Nobody said nothing to me. Nobody they respect me. I I took showers alone. It wasn't no group of niggas in there taking no showers. None of that. My shower time was from seven o'clock to seven forty-five or seven whatever. Nobody did come in there in the shower when I was taking. I don't take showers with men. I told them that, and that's what I did. And that's why after that, they start listening. Then one day, and I'm almost to wrap up the prison talk. One day, because I want to get through this. I had some funny stories with all that stuff. But then the day came when I had to go to trial because I was either going to go home or I was going to be doing a lot of time in, um, in prison. I was, was going to go home. So my mother and them sent me a burgundy suit to wear. And I'm already in solitary confinement because I had to go upside some nigga head. You know, because he got out of line to go upside some nigga head, and they put me in solitary confinement and 23 hours. But anyway, fast forward. And I had some real clear moments in there, so I needed to go.
from being a teacher to being by myself. So I, I ended up getting in a circumstance. I was like, I didn't want to even fight this dude. I just went upside the nigga head real quick, and they threw me in solitary confinement for about a month and a half. Then came time for me to go to trial. This was like a whole university I went through here. All right? So, uh, 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 um, so I go, and I'm in the damn Bing. They called it the Bing. That's, that's jail jail. I'm in jail jail. Let's show you how fucked up this was. I was in jail jail. Right, so I'm in there 23 hours a day doing push-ups in my cell and whatnot. I'm seeing, one, I'm, I'm, as soon as I come in there, a bunch of niggas run past me, like like push me out the way they like like ran past me and they stabbing somebody as they ran past me. They, I'm watching them stab somebody, and I, and they cut they slash somebody's face. They, they, they gave him more than a buck fifty. They cut his face open. They ran past me to cut somebody's face open. So that's what I saw, right? And I'm like. You know, I go on my cell and everything, but come the time, you know, they, they I, these guys start coming around the cell. They see me in there, and, and they and I start teaching in there through the damn cell the block. One the guy named Black, he was I don't think he was a, I don't know if he was a five because I start teaching through the damn jail cell. You see, I just start you know, and they they like ask me what I'm into and all this other stuff, and I was like, they say I'm a five percent of my Muslim, and I'm like, nah, I'm none of that, and I just start teaching and next thing you know they stand like you know the ones like next door to me and stuff like that and black the guy delivered the food they listen at the door so then i'm just like okay now i go i'm going to court and they lost my suit as i'm going to court and they they, they couldn't find my suit so they, they they wanted me to go to go to court in the orange jumpsuit orange prison jumpsuit and i'm like no nah, i'm not doing that and they said they're going to either take me to court uh, in the orange jumpsuit, they're gonna uh, or they're gonna forcefully they're gonna beat me up. In other words, so I'm like, well, y'all just gonna have to come beat me up then, because I ain't going to j- I'm not going to court without a jumpsuit on. This all has a point to it. I'm not telling jail stories, but this has a point. So, as I'm waiting on my suit, and I'm worrying about my freedom, I'm seeing all the guys that went to court. Everybody coming back, they getting 30 years, 40 years, 25 years. I'm seeing all these niggas go out and out. And you, so you imagine my face. I'm seeing all them go out, and yeah, the niggas all happy. Yeah, I'm going to beat this. I got my, my this, this, that, and the third. These niggas come back, yo, son, I just got 40 years. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, well, wait a minute. So these niggas is like, Niggas coming back 30 years, 40 years, yo, yo, he blew trial. Yo, nigga blew trial. I'm hearing all this, he blew trial. So I said to Black, one of the dudes I was cool with, me, I said, yeah, well, they got to beat me up. They call the guys the turtles, the correctional officers going to come in and beat me up and drag me out the court. I said, well, they got to just beat me up and drag me out the court. So I was getting prepared for get, to get my ass whooped, you know what I'm saying, because there's going to be like five or six of them that's going to come in there was big and they're going to beat me up, right? But then... The funny thing, I'm worrying about getting 40 years. I don't even care about the beat, and I'm seeing all them dudes come back getting 30 years, 35. The white man was just, he was handing out time to niggas like it was free cheese on the welfare line. He just handing out time to these niggas like it was free cheese. And they was coming back. Yo, son, I just got 40 years. I'm like, damn, niggas, sound like you saying it like you just got a V8. You know what I mean? Damn, niggas. I was like, so I'm like thinking about this. So then um, they end up finding my suit. And just in the nick of time, I'm ready to get, get beat up. I'm ready to get beat up. I'm preparing for them to come beat my ass. So they found my suit, and then Black, the dude Black said to me, oh, yo, that's a V, yo, that's a victory. He said, you going home. You going home, bright man. You going home. I said, bright man? He didn't say black man. He said, bright man, you going home. I said, really? 
I said, I, he said it so fast, I heard Brightman. He said, you going home. I was like, oh, shit, okay. I get, and, I, and then from there, like, I went, went to court. Next thing you know, I, I went home. I'm going to be honest with you, I was guilty of sin. But obviously I was right, righteous in what, what happened. I'm not going to go into all that. But I was guilty of sin. You see? And whatever. Went to trial, got, you know, found guilty, come home. Next thing you know, I'm running into Dr. York people. One of them is like, you know, this goes the whole thing when I went on the land and sister told me she had this dream about me and Dr. York walking together and talking and that we was on the land when he was out there in Eatonton, Georgia. And she says, she said, I saw you and Dr. She said, she, I saw you and Pops, that's what they used to call Dr. York. She said, I saw you and Pops walk down the road on the land and y'all walked toward the Black Pyramid. And she said, and y'all walked into the Black Pyramid together, and he was talking to you. Y'all was talking back and forth. And she said, when time passed, she said, you the only one that came out the pyramid. He never came back. And I was like, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay, I was girl. I still remember her name. Her name was Kim Ray. I still remember her name, Kim Ray. So I had no other choice. That's why I said stuff started coming. That's why I said you know, in me saying all of this, it just goes to show you what you're meant to do, what you feel strongest that you're meant to do, not what you want to do, but what you're needed to do. Forget about what you want to do. You can want to play in the NBA. You can want to be a rapper. You can want to be a singer. You can want to be a politician. But what it's not about what you want to be. It's what you need to be. I needed to be this. Somebody needed me to be this because I remember another time, brother was Dr. York for years, uh, 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 Puerto Rican brother, dark brother. He said, he said in the future, he told me, he said to me, he said in the future, brother, no, I name my team. He said we're gonna need you in the future. He said that to me. I never understood what he meant by that. He said we're gonna need you in the future. He he passed away now. He said he said in the future we're gonna need you. He said you fine, you all right, but you, he said we're gonna need you in the future. And I was just like, I didn't understand none of the stuff they were telling me until now. So people see things a lot of times before you even see it. You know, people see things, see things and whatnot and say things to you. And it's meant to be a sign that you're supposed to be doing something greater. You know, that was my past. It's what you needed to do, not about what you want to do. It's what you needed to do. I fit into a place. I fit in. I was that was I didn't fit in with them niggas in jail. I didn't fit in with the street niggas that was selling drugs. I didn't fit in with what with, with just regular people. I didn't fit in. And I'm so glad I didn't. I'm so glad. Because trying to cram all this illumination into a black space is like trying to cram a ten inch foot into a five inch shoe. Y'all follow what I'm saying to y'all? Don't never try to cut your illumination, your power to fit to make somebody else feel comfortable. Don't ever try to shut down your brightness, your illumination to make somebody else feel comfortable. No, absolutely not. Outshine everybody. And if that means they don't like it, they don't, they got an issue with them, then fuck them, man. Fuck them. No more mediocrity, man. See, because mediocrity, a lot of them niggas still up there on, on that, they got into that mediocrity mindset, man. And they still, the niggas still, a lot of niggas still just coming home 
And this was over 20 years ago, way over 20 years ago. Shoot. You got to stand up for what's real. And when I came home, my father said, and it's shocking, my father said, he said, you didn't go to, my father said to me, he never said nothing like this to me before in my life. My father said to me, he said, you didn't go to jail because God didn't want you to go to jail. And he said, I, you know, I don't believe in shit. He said, but God, he said something meant more for you. To, you might to do something more. He said, you ain't go to jail because God didn't want you to go to jail. He said, because trust and believe, brother. He said, you was guilty of sin. You see? But like I said, rightfully guilty. That's all I'm going to say on that, rightfully. So, all right. With all that being said, I gave y'all a little history on my path. Let me go ahead and read this question before we get out of here. What is it, my journey into brightness and illumination? My journey was a long, drawn-out path, and it still continues. Just like you all walking with me, you all came out of the blue into my life. Even my little girl, my daughter, she was out of the blue. She was out of the blue because I always knew I would be a father, but I just didn't know. When you see him in physical form like that, she just came out of the blue. Why was it a journey? Because everything in life, if you're really on the path, everything is a journey, man. Everything we walk to see, I told you, everything is about movement, motion, man. It's all a journey. A lot of people think this is a vacation. This, no, this life ain't a vacation, man. Life is a goddamn journey. Do y'all hear me? Life is, real life is a, is a journey. It, you know, the people who exist in this world, that's, it, it's, they on vacay here. They on vacay in the third dimension. They on vacay in the two dimension, permanent vacay, permanent vacation. What is illumination? Illumination is that brightness, that intel, that extended state of intel, that extended sensory that puts you in those upper dimensions to let you know that there is a future and that you fit within that future, that greater future. That's illumination, projection. Why is it necessary? Because all things that are real are necessary to set the path for reality. What will it produce? More reality. Because the world needs it. And that's it. We're going to close out the name of Amen. By the power of Amen. I'm the intellectual new Ben Minkari. This has been Mental Like Brady. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow night at 10. Thanks for enjoying my life. Good night. Mm. Is this really the end? Or is it a new beginning? A new reality? So many misconceptions. So many evil deceptions. I've come to give direction. For I am the lifesaver. So many misconceptions, so many evil deceptions. I've come to give direction. For I am the lifesaver. Scooby do wise, Scooby do weave. Like a jazz player, I improvise wisely. Free with the child, I flow like the now. But remember, don't mistake the smile. Deep rooted is my rhyming, like ancient African grill. Precise is my timing. But let me get to the essence of what I'm saying here. Too many blood red streets with bodies laying there. The systematic fanatics are at it again. Trying to kill me and all of us, my friends. But don't bend to the mental stream. Against all odds, we must strive for essential gains. Be true to the life the Lord gave you. And that's a message from the lifesaver. The lifesaver. 
So many misconceptions, so many evil deceptions. I've come to give direction, for I am the lifesaver. So many misconceptions, so many evil deceptions. I've come to give direction, for I am the lifesaver. Man, to squash a fight, then to set one off. Knowledge, I'll let some off. Cause nowadays, everybody's a killer. And as for me, no other MC is iller. But still, a thorn scrapes my heart when I see another life that's been torn apart. Over nonsense, no law, no order. It's evidence that the money only takes precedence. Cause everybody wants power. While the innocent are born or die during every hour. I sour as I look upon evil, but I muster the strength to spark awareness in my people. And we will learn to respect our neighbors. Another message from the lifesaver. The lifesaver. So many misconceptions. So many evil deceptions. I've come to give direction. For I am the lifesaver. So many misconceptions. So many evil deceptions. I come to give direction for I am the lifesaver. 